0: Hey everyone, this is Alan from Caffeine Confessionals. I'm dropping in this little warning before the podcast starts if you're listening to it on the audio feed. That at some point in the middle of this podcast, out of nowhere, my microphone completely changes and t- and takes my voice into a very deep octave. I wish I had a voice that deep. It would be pretty cool to have a voice that deep. I don't know what happened during the Skype recording, but... It just occurs, and then it drops off somewhere during the elimination portion of the episode. So there's a 20-minute chunk where my voice is randomly very deep, and then it goes back to being how it is right now. I apologize for that. I don't know how to fix it because we have two different audios going at the same time, and yeah, I apologize to everyone, and I just hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. We are here to talk about the challenge, spies, lies and allies episode eight my name is alan Aguirre, and i'm joined by my lovely co-host the southern luke muncie
1: what's up guys
0: unfortunately our other canadian co-host miss nikki sin is busy with an event right now we miss her so much and she'll probably be back with us next week and luke what did you think about this week's episode of spies lies and allies
1: uh i thought that it was 90 minutes (laughs) <laughs> this was one of those episodes where we complain, like, oh, they could have made those two 60-minute episodes into a nine-minute episode. I feel like this one could have just been a pretty solid 60-minute episode. It was lacking in some areas.
0: I fully agree, and its it wasn't a bad episode. When you look at, like, what the formula of what a good challenge episode should be, they took what they had and they made the most of it. The problem was there just wasn't a lot to make, you know, food with, you know when your mom's on a budget and she makes like a really good casserole you know at the end of the day you'd rather have like a really good steak and baked potato instead any any day of the week so th- they did the best with what they could but the episode we got was painfully average but there are some good parts to it and there are some bad parts to it and we're gonna break it down uh the first part we're gonna talk about is we're gonna jump into the house life portion and we didn't really get to see a lot of house life or drama in this episode. We saw some conflict between two people, but that's more in the gameplay aspect. We see a fun day at the pool where all the vets are sunbathing. The women are, you know, they're taking their tops off. They're skinny dipping in the pool. It was fun to watch. And then we see Emmanuel and Tori where they're sparking up against one another. This was teased a few weeks ago. And it's big because Emmanuel already had a match this season with Michelle Fitzgerald. Tori had a show match with Kells. And the elephant in the room is that Emmanuel looks like Tori's ex Jordan.
1: Yeah, I thought that Emmanuel loves Michelle. It's funny how things change so quickly. But yeah, I had to laugh whenever Tori was like, he looks like Dracula with tattoos. And I thought, no, he looks like Jordan with tattoos and longer teeth.
0: I like that he's even bought into, like, that he's a vampire type thing as part of his aesthetic. And that is, like, uh, Transylvania is Romania, right? Technically? Or, like, you know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I do think that, like, Emanuel is someone that Tori would be into. And I think Emanuel is kind of into anyone that's into him. Uh, So, as a couple, I don't think they're actually, like, a serious thing. Maybe on Tori's side. I don't know.
1: I think whatever might benefit her storyline. But... I think he's just the right level of crazy where she can be like, okay, I'll Bob with this. We don't have to always be normal. We can make weird jokes that are a little creepy and weird, but yeah, I, I don't hate them together. Whether it's minimized or large, it's, it's nice.
0: And Tori is someone who is interested in the fields that Emmanuel excels in. You know, she wants to, you know, she dips her toes in like dancing, but she's not a real dancer. He is, you know, he's, he's talented. She's a person who likes talented people, and together, I mean everyone needs their fans and she's number one she's number one fan.
1: I don't hate it. I want to see where this goes because it has potential to be really cringy, but the nice the nice little clip we saw was was okay. I'm happy with what that was
0: and the other house life aspects we saw was you know jeremiah Priscilla, Bettina, kind of just talking about the idea of them going into elimination and one of the funniest moments of the episode to me was when jeremiah gets a confessional and then right after it's Bettina and priscilla and i'm like oh these three people exist on the show something must be happening with them because we haven't seen them for seven weeks
1: i feel like and it might just be because i've been looking i feel like we've seen priscilla more than the other two but as far as Bettina and jeremiah jeez nothing like all that i can remember from jeremiah is that he was tasha's partner and she almost drowned him and bettina it's just that she
0: is there in more ways than one no i mean i i think jeremiah and bettina and priscilla they're all very likable i want them i want more of them but at the same time if they haven't shown up this much after seven weeks part of you thinks that like well they don't they just don't have it because if you if you don't make that much of an impact, because Priscilla is at least a narrator. Yes, they, they just aren't in the drama, even though that, you know, Bettina apparently given someone some head in the bathroom and Jeremiah is hooking up with Amber B. You know, screen time comes naturally to some people and others. It doesn't. And MTV is always going to gravitate towards the veterans who they can bank on versus the rookies who maybe they just aren't the best talkers. I mean, Amber B only has, I think, 15 confessionals going into this week. And she's been in one of the most major characters, but they don't trust her to talk in front of the camera. Because
1: she's insane. And honestly, I know I have a somewhat Southern accent. Some might say it's pretty intense, but Jeremiah's is very intense. And there are times that his voice is as unrecognizable as maybe someone from a foreign country.
0: 1,000%. And yeah, this, was, <laughs> this is our house life aspect. There wasn't that much this episode. Um they stretched the most they could but we're going to move straight into the daily challenge switching into the daily challenge portion we actually had a very interesting swimming type water challenge where players went on these little jet propulsion devices underwater and would then go to an area where they would dive in and grab a puzzle piece underwater uh they would go in turns as partners And then lastly, there was one puzzle piece far away where they'd have to climb a little rope and grab the final puzzle piece. Uh, Once they retrieve all their pieces, they can unlock a box and then create a bomb detonation type puzzle. Uh, They ran it in three different heats. And you and I have complained many times that when they do these different heat type stuff, you can kind of rig whoever you want to win. And people don't really get a good gauge of who's doing the best other than who won their own individual heat.
1: Yeah, I mean, surely on this episode, they wouldn't rig for, you know, the face and the person who's been featured the most. Surely not. But I will say, as far as the daily setup, I really liked it. Those propulsion things, as you said, because I would not know what to call them. It was funny to see, like, who figured it out, who didn't. And honestly, it made me at home as a viewer be like, I want to try that out.
0: And it, it it was fascinating because there is, the, like, the people who were natural in the water did well. But also someone like Josh, who is a very good swimmer. He was in last place in his heat when like in the, in the jet propulsion aspect because he couldn't figure out how to navigate in it. He couldn't, he couldn't dive. He was just kind of clueless. Whereas Nelson, someone we know, I mean, Scubanelli, someone we know who's terrible on the water. He was second when it came to that part of the competition. He beat Josh. I mean, uh, it was anyone's game and it was more about who had like, better calm under pressure who had the nerves who could navigate it well it was carnival gamey while being athletic at the same time
1: yeah and i think we saw that with god forbid big t but she couldn't lift up her own body weight i mean that took some skill and athleticism this is a total sidebar though whenever tj was like my yacht my yacht Tom's are treating me good i'm like tj this is not your yacht this is a rented yacht the production rented toms might be great for you but this is not your yacht in croatia Sidebar
0: over. (laughs) I would love if Jeff Probst just started doing that on survival with like random items. (laughs) I would have loved it if the yacht would
1: have been there and Jeff Probst would have went by on just a little boat, just like a little crossover (laughs) event. But yeah, (laughs) the carnival game aspect, as much as some people might say, oh, I hate it because it evens the playing field. Well, they wouldn't say that. That's what I'm saying because I'm biased. I like it because it evens the playing field. Scubanelli cannot swim, and honestly, before he went in, I thought, "Well, this is over for him." But he really didn't have to rely on the swimming skills; it was just coordination and working the
0: propulsion device. Calling a propulsion device, people call it that when I did the, the trailer breakdown because I had no idea what to call it, and I'm like, "Thank you for whoever commented on that." Uh, but they competed in heats. The first heat had four teams: uh, Kyle and Amanda. The winners of that heat were my bad.
1: <laughs> Devin and Amber, correct?
0: Yeah, Devin and Amber. Uh, Big T and Jeremiah did terribly. They did, they both did poorly as a pair. And then the runner-up pair for that heat was... Was it Emmanuel and Casey? No, no, no. Emmanuel and Casey were in the final heat. Apologies to everyone, because I have that heat in my mind, because that's the important heat. <laughs> oh, Toy Tori Ned. Yeah, yeah. Tori Ned, who I thought had a very good shot at winning this challenge because they've won a water challenge already this season. But as we learned, it wasn't all swimming. And I mean, Amber and Devin really impressed in this challenge. Uh, Amber continues to do really well in basically every single facet of the game. Devin kills a puzzle after, you know, when they called him like the puzzle god or whatever, I had a lot of like okay, like, let, let's calm down here type moments. But he did get the win in this uh, competition, and he continues to prove to be strong mentally.
1: No, I agree. Devin is such a mediocre human from just the looks of it, but he excels in lots of these different strange, strange aspects of the challenge, and that's why I think he can make it somewhat far in some of these games because he falls under the radar in some aspects. Amber B., who I'm still calling Amber B., last week on our episode, I said, oh, she's growing on me. This episode, she chipped away at me like in a a negative way. After they won their heat, she jumped up on Devin, like wrapped her legs around him and wouldn't let go. I'm like, come on, girl. Just, it's very desperate to me. Not that she wants Devin, just like you're giving off this weird
0: persona, like she's affectionate i mean i'm not gonna I'm not, i i did have the same thought in the back of my mind but i'm not gonna say it in a hater way uh like you are right now i just did yeah yeah like <laughs>
1: i fully own it like no. So i
0: in my in my files i i titled that i have a photo of that and i titled it koala amber because she fuck she wrapped around him like a koala um <laughs> and it wouldn't have bothered me if it had lasted two seconds less
1: but it verged on the point of okay You can tell Devin, Devin's face is like, when are you going to let go of me? (laughs) He pats her like, okay, it's Tom. Like my legs are actually giving out,
0: but yeah. He's like, we did well, but we're not that close. Amber." Yeah. I mean, another funny moment in this heat was uh, Amanda being like, I just hope Kyle can maybe help a little bit on the puzzle. And Kyle's like, Amanda, you're the puzzle person. I'm the athlete. I'm like, Kyle, I haven't thought you were an athlete this whole season. You've been, you've been phoning it in this whole game. And she says, I hope there's something other than Botox up there. And I'm thinking, there's
1: not. There's just Botox and porcelain teeth.
0: Ooh, boy. (laughs) But yeah, that first heat really taught us a lot about the game. And Jeremiah, this whole episode, I like him, but he keeps mentioning that Big is like a little bit weak when it took him forever to get his first puzzle piece.
1: Yeah, she might have struggled climbing up the rope, her bad. But yeah, he's not been super impressive this entire season.
0: I think only two females climbed up the rope in the entire thing, though. I think all the men did that part of the competition um, because, you know, it it, it looked kind of high to get up and you had to get like a good certain grip. Like Big T was doing a good job at holding herself at a certain place, but she couldn't just grab up and get it because she's very small. Um, In the second heat, though, we see Berna and Huey. uh, We see Nelson and Priscilla. We see Josh and Ashley. Ashley. And then we have a fourth team who is not coming to mind as I speak. And I apologize to all of you right now, but I can tell you they did not win this challenge.
1: No, they did not. I can't think of it either. So my bad. But that's because they didn't win the Heat.
0: And right off to the start, Berna and Huey kill it. They, they know because they have to win this competition to stay out of elimination. Uh, Berna really impresses me in this challenge because she was one of the only women to climb the rope and she did it so fast she just got up there they got their puzzle pieces and they got going uh nelson and priscilla they tried their best josh and ashley were in last place in the water aspect but when it came down to the puzzle ashley said it like these guys are idiots if i lose to them what does that say about me
1: and i know we just said we didn't like that Devin was like i'm a puzzle god. Anytime Ashley says she's a puzzle queen, I'm like, yeah, you are actually. There's been a few flukes, but you're pretty good at these things. And she rocked it out.
0: Yeah, I mean, and Berna and Huey, they blew a massive lead because they they were there for a long time compared to Josh and Ashley. And they almost got the win, but I don't think it would have mattered anyway, as we see later. Uh, we go into the final heat, and Corey says, like, this is the powerhouse heat. It's CT and Emmy. It's Logan and Nani, it's Casey and Emmanuel, and it's myself and Bettina. And I'm like, what do we know about Bettina? What do we, like <laughs> like, is there something about Bettina that I don't know? But then everyone else in the house is treating Bettina like a strong player, kind of. Uh, strong jaws, maybe? I don't know. Uh <laughs> there's those rumors. No, because be someone else, even in later in the episode, like, well, yeah, Bettina's a beast. Like, you know, someone, someone dropped that note just randomly. I'm like, what are we, what are we not seeing? <laughs>
1: Lots apparently, but yeah, it's it felt very off him to say that. But honestly, if there was a heat that I'd be fearful of being in, it would definitely be that one.
0: And in this heat, Corey wasn't lying because all the teams were killing it in the water. We never saw Patina in the water, but I think her and Corey were in second place <laughs> in that in
2: that aspect. Crushed it. Also, Doing pretty well. Uh, but then, as CT said, like, you give me a puzzle, and I'm going to win. And Emmy's role, she, she even explained it. She's like, I'm basically like a tie rack. I just got to put all the puzzles in a place where CT can clearly see them. I don't do anything with it. I just want to make sure that he knows the puzzle pieces are there. And honestly, that's how CT works
1: best. You know, looking back to even last season when he was with Amber B., there were lots of instances where he was just like, let me take this. I've got this. You do what you're good at, which is running or handing me pieces or whatever it may be. And Emmy fits that role quite perfectly.
2: It really is like uh watching a dad construct something. And the son is just there to like, you know, here's the flashlight dad, here's a glass of water. It's like, what do you need type stuff? And then, you know, that's how CT operates best, which doesn't work for some people, but for CT, that's how he likes to operate. Uh, Bettina, she tries her darnest at the puzzle, knowing that Corey can't do a puzzle. And uh, she asked for a check, and she's she just goes just way wrong. No, I was watching, and I was like, "Wait,
1: who?" I, I had no clue who was going to win the heat. I was like, "Are they about to do this?" Is Corey correct? She's
2: a powerhouse. She's not, not that I've seen. She I mean, great personality player. though, and yeah. she looked and she looked fantastic. I mean, look. My eyes were on Bettina as she was doing the puzzle. I wasn't looking at her puzzle, but I was looking at her for sure. And she's got a killer laugh. (laughs) So CT and Emmy win third heat. And then TJ announces that the winners of the overall challenge are CT and Emmy. No surprise there. And what I took away from this was that if Bruno was CT's partner they would have won this daily challenge as well. So it was a clutch steal from Emmy because now that you're like, not only are you safe, but you have power to now knock out Berna. Ooh, baby. I felt bad for Berna as much as
1: I don't like her because you could just see on her face. Yep, this was taken from me. I could have been safe yet another week. I could have been with CT. I'm not going to say Uncle CT because I'm tired of hearing that. But I did. I, I sympathized for her.
2: I don't because I thought Emmy made a good move for herself, and I. That I mean, I don't, I'm not a big Emmy fan, but I thought it was a great move. It comes in clutch. It just it shows you how the butterfly effects of this game can be huge. Uh, another takeaway is that I really would have liked if all three teams in this uh, daily challenge who won their heat had been safe, only because. That would have made the politics way more interesting of who gets voted in, who gets thrown down.
1: Yeah. And when Alan and I discussed this earlier, I even said, even if they just put the three winning teams in a heat together, because I hate when there's multiple heats, you never know who the true winner is. When we had the daily where Tori and Ed won the last time, it's hard to tell if they actually won because production could give that to whatever heat winner they wanted to. So I didn't I don't love that aspect of the game.
2: And it just leads to people sometimes wanting to get in or not even caring if they lost. Um, Yeah, I mean, but good for CT and Emmy because, you know, Emmy has been giving her heart to this game and she gets this win. And, you know, when someone that erratic is in power, it's always good TV.
1: No, I agree. She's growing on me slowly but surely.
2: Any other things you want to talk about with this daily challenge?
1: Not really. It lasted like ten minutes too long for me, but that's okay. Uh, the winners were predictable, but they did good, so I can't hate on it.
2: And and I did gain more respect for certain players from this challenge, just seeing them do well. So even though it did go a bit long, at least I, at least it wasn't. At least we didn't get nothing out of it.
1: There, I would agree.
2: Yeah. And now moving into the politics and drama portion, which there are a lot of in this game. Switching over into the gameplay politics strategy portion, uh, we see at the beginning of the episode, Devin and Kyle and all the vets are just kind of laughing and just smiling at the idea that after all these eliminations, there are still rookie-rookie pairs in the game. This should have stopped weeks ago, but they've convinced these rookies that it's a good strategy to pick a vet so that they'll be safe and that there won't be a target on them. In reality, it's led to the vets just being able to coast through. And Josh even says when sunbathing, like, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a good time to be a vet in this game. And it just pisses me off because Josh has been so annoying. I'm like, I don't want you to coast ever.
1: <laughs> it made me mad, too, because at this point, jo- this is Josh's fifth season, correct? Pretty sure? Yeah. Fourth or fifth? Like, he is a vet even by, like, old school standards. I hate to say it, yeah. but, like, he's been on enough seasons. But it's like, Josh, when has it ever not benefited you to be a vet? Like every season he's been on, he's been able to coast at least a little bit just because he's been a previous player. And he's lucky that he was even invited back after he was kicked off his first season for being a failure. He's been oh, so well, annoying. Yeah. This, Good throwback. This, <laughs> <laughs> he's been so annoying this <laughs> season. And I know that it's partially because he's, he's a very responsible for Fessy leaving and even Esther because she likely would have been safe last week. But it's like, shut up, Josh, shut up. When I think of vet, I don't think Josh Martinez.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those things that, like, gets people mad. But, like, Josh has done more seasons than Landon. Uh, <laughs> and you just hear those words out loud and just it boils your blood in some certain ways. Uh, but that it's just the truth. Uh, but, yeah, these vets have somehow convinced these rookies to play the dumbest way possible for them. Uh, Priscilla has been very observant of it and she's mostly just stayed out of elimination with a good social game she's not been in the drama but she she knows that if she goes in she has to split that up um and it's just interesting to see the rookies who hadn't gone in you know they know their time is coming but it's how they play after the fact
1: yeah and to touch back a little bit about the conversation about the vets dominating i feel like that definitely contributes to Maybe us wanting these to be 60-minute episodes or things are a little bit stale because it's the same thing week after week. And while this is such a smart game for the vets, I love seeing people like Priscilla be like, wait a second, we've got to do something
2: before I'm just the next person thrown in there. And the only problem with that was that it's – that should have happened six weeks ago. Um, And I think one of the reasons why this vet alliance has been so stable is that you have a lot of people who – either are confident in themselves in a good way or a bad way because Josh just wants to be on TV for as long as he can, because he thinks for some reason he's a real contender when he can't beat any of those actual vets in elimination. Uh, People like Ashley and Amanda know that the longer they stay, the higher chance is they have to winning because they're built for finals. Casey just thinks she's awesome. Nani plays this way every season. Tori, I mean, she's just glad she didn't get like eliminated on episode like three or four again uh ct knows he's good Corey knows he's good but like you know some people just want tv time (laughs) and we've discussed this before
1: on this podcast but you know you just mentioned several people are playing the same game as always that's great but a lot of the people that are still there have never won and are they going to be able to win a season like this if they just keep all the strongest people around them it's smart for them in one aspect to stay with this big group until the halfway point They totally could have worked their social skills. And I'm honestly thinking of Nani more than anybody. She's a social butterfly. Like who knows how she's going to finish on this season. Hopefully she gets a win. I just don't see it with the girls that are in the Vet alliance.
2: It's it's tough for her because I just – I don't see it happening. And it's it's my problem with Nani. I love Nani, but she doesn't play a game that is conducive to winning. And, you know, she has the skill sets to pull off a win if she changed who she was as a human – but we love Nani because she is a good person and she doesn't think that way. And she tries to play on a friendship type style, but it can become frustrating. And at this point, I, I, I'm personally just done with her and Casey. I love them as a couple on Instagram. I've mentioned this before, but I just I need a break from them because they need to change up how they're playing for a television aspect. People who are into some drama, though, are Perna and Amber and Verna is just crying. She's emotional. She's felt blindsided, you know, by the by by Emmy taking C T, which to me is insane because she warned she warned Emmy the previous episode like, don't take Uncle C T from me. Yeah. Verna
1: and me just are gonna butt heads, I think. I have nothing positive to say.
2: I, I I get what you're saying because like, to me it was very hypocritical because she just – for weeks she's been like, Amber, stop crying, stop crying about being blindsided. And the second she gets blindsided, she's just in complete tears about it. But then Amber on the other side, you know, she she's just still talking and talking and talking, and these two people don't realize they're both at the bottom of the totem pole.
1: Amber B is delusional. Uh, I – She's been growing on me this season, like I said, but this episode, you know, when she's screaming, I'm a champ, I'm a champ, and it's like, you won my season, and I can't take away her athletic prowess that she showed in that final. She had it, but she was carried to the final. She won elimination, sure, they were against very small girls. I'm going to knock her for a second. You know, given any other circumstance on this show, I can't guarantee that she would have won a final unless she was with CT. Actually, I don't know, because I'm thinking differently now. She was really good, but... What she doesn't realize is that these vets don't care that she's a champ. And if anything, like, that makes them dislike her more.
2: Yeah, the way she's talking to Berna and she's just getting into it at these deliberations. She's not realizing that, like, the vets are going to throw you in first in a house vote once all these rookies are gone. Like, she mentions, like, I have friends in this game, my friends in this house, and, like, I don't see anyone really sticking up for her. I don't see anyone. I mean, you see Amanda who's like, I don't like Verna, but she's speaking some truth about Amber. Well,
1: that's what I was going to say. Like, as Verna was saying these things, it did like a pan out. (laughs) and You can see people like shaking their heads like, well, that is true. Yes, she is annoying. Yeah, she's talking too much. And Amber just doesn't get it because she lives in this like self-made reality.
2: (laughs) It's funny, though, because like I like that she lives in this reality because it's like a certain type of character where like her like there are Amber B fans who don't understand who she is. Like they they see all the stuff she posts on social media. It's like, oh, she's unbothered. She's like this. I'm like, dude, she's just playing you all. She's manipulating everyone. She's playing like there's nothing wrong with playing the victim if you're good at it. (laughs) She's good at it.
1: And maybe that's why she's grown on me a little bit this season, because I can at least see that aspect of her game. But then there are also times where I see videos of her in the real world, and she acts the exact same, just weird, quirky way, and I'm stuck. So the jury's still out as far as it goes for me.
2: I always thought that, uh, like, with Cara Maria Sorbello, she's like she's like the only child, and I was an only child growing up. And there are times where, like, when you're used to getting your way as being the only child— you know how to manipulate certain situations, just, you just, you just, you just learn how to get your own way because the parents are used to the tension being all on you. And I get that same vibe from Amber where she just keeps talking and talking her story. She won't get over certain things. And it's just, and then is like, I don't like you, dude. I'm not trying to make something bigger. I just don't like you. Why can't you just understand that? And the craziest thing
1: is <laughs> Amber's not an only child. She just has a victim complex. <laughs> Oh, 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 mean, hater. <laughs> That's okay. I th- I think I've accepted our role as like a hater who can sometimes like people. I just, you know. No, I,
2: yeah. I, you're, you're a complex human. We don't, we don't have to have one opinion of a person. I mean. <laughs> all I could think of while they were going back and forth
1: was, dear God, please do not ever have them as rivals fair because I would literally want them out week one.
2: It would be two and a that would be the most passive-aggressive rivals pairing of all time. They wouldn't even be cursing each other out like like good rivals pairs will. They'd just be like being very shady towards one another and looking the other way in their confessionals.
1: Hugs, peace, blessings. I hate that girl. I hate that girl too. The scary thing is though, they'd be a pretty good pair.
2: Oh yeah, they'd be very strong together. <laughs> another one of my favorite parts of the episode was Bettina. In the club, she starts kind of hyping up a drunk Amber. Like, hey, you're so strong, you're so powerful. I could never go into elimination. I wish I had your mindset. You're such a good player. And like your guy, your, your, your like your boy toy, you, your, your showman, Jeremiah, if you went into elimination with him, he would appreciate it so much. And I would too, because you'd be the, you'd be saving everyone's day. <laughs> and she was just feeding Amber's ego, and Amber was like kind of like, yeah. Yeah, I should go into elimination for no reason.
1: I absolutely love that because from the outside, looking in, that's the dumbest decision ever. Why would you ever jeopardize that for someone you met a couple of weeks ago? But Bettina is working her butt off to stay out of there. And I don't hate it at all. It was so smart. And even like you said, he, she took advantage of a drunk Amber. But who cares? Amber, whether she's drunk or sober, still said the thing she said.
2: Bettina played the role of adorable, like Bettina understands like, oh, they, she sees me as this adorable Swedish girl. Like, let me just charm her and like build her up. Bettina knows what she's doing. man. like, what is, wh- where'd that come from? <laughs> that had to be like one of the more, more savvy moments I've seen from a rookie in challenge history
1: yeah and you talked about it in your cast breakdown video before the season started with Bettina. She's got some impressive moves to her her previous shows that she's done, so I'm happy to see that come out on this show
2: It, it was just shocking because you don't you, we haven't seen any gameplay like that from a rookie thus far this season, and you know they haven't they haven't done a good job of like moving the target off them uh they all, so good for her man and then <clears throat> Priscilla. She she talked to Jeremiah. It's like we're probably going in together, and they're very confident in their abilities. Um, At the deliberation, Priscilla even brings up the idea that Amber said she was going to volunteer for elimination, and Amber gets flustered. She tries to deflect. Uh, it was just hilarious. It was great because
1: Amber had such an attitude, and Priscilla was like, "Don't get an attitude," and she's like, oh. "Like had an even worse attitude." I'm like, "You're not helping yourself." But she knew in that moment, hmm, I really shouldn't have said that last night. I shouldn't have been in the club screaming, I'm a champ, I'm a champ, I'm a champ.
2: The most interesting takeaway, though, of like once Priscilla starts talking is uh, Ashley mentioning the idea that like, well, uh, if a rookie, if you win elimination, you better take someone from a vet rookie pair so that way there'll be a double rookie pair. You don't want to get a target on you because if you split up a vet pair, all of us vets are going to go after you. And Priscilla's like, Oh, that's a threat. (laughs) You know, like, I'm not, I don't like that it's a threat. Like, I might have, like, I might have split up a bad rookie pair if I was playing normally. But now that you've said that, if I win, gloves are off.
1: And while I was watching this, I'm not discrediting Priscilla. I think she's a smart girl. Would that thought have crossed her mind had Ashley and Tori not brought that up? I mean, more so Ashley than anybody. Who knows? She might have just thought, hmm, I'd like to be with Nelson still. We've worked well together. But I think when Ashley put that idea out into the air, she crumbled that for herself.
2: Yeah, when Tori first mentioned it, I thought it was like a teacher or like a kid uh, telling a teacher like, hey, you forgot to give us homework. And, um, and everyone's like, oh, come on. What's going on, Tori? But then when Ashley doubled down on it, I really, I really didn't like that play from Ashley specifically because it's kind of a scare tactic. And I know that, like, the vets have done a really good job of influencing all the rookies' gameplay. But once you get into this actual, like, threat-type mode, you're putting the gun in your hand. And it's really easy to point the finger at you now.
1: Yeah, I love Ashley, but I'll, I'll willingly say it makes her look scared in this game because she's thinking, oh, if we're all in, you know, vet-rookie pairs, maybe I'm the first to go. And she's showing her cards that that's her fear. And if people know that's her fear, it gives them reason to say, "Well, she's expecting it. We can throw her in first.
2: It's big, yeah, and uh, that's the way the game goes. Huey and Berna are the house vote, like everyone expected. Uh, when they get to the actual proving ground or lair or whatever they're calling it this season, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, was, there was there was an elimination. There there was an elimination called the proving ground, right? Yes, there was. That was la- that was last season. All right, okay, cool. Um, CT and Emmy, they have to decide on who they're going to throw in. They throw in Priscilla and Jeremiah because they're both rookies.
1: And it makes sense.
2: So we get a matchup of four rookies, Jeremiah and Priscilla versus uh, Huey and Berna. And the elimination, we're going to talk about right now in the elimination portion. Moving into
0: the elimination portion, players played a very fascinating elimination where they were tied behind each other's back uh, by the hand with a rope and then had to climb up a giant telephone pole. Their back foot the entire time. Uh, there needed to be team synchronization, there needed to be balance. It was an elimination I love when two partners play it because. There is a there's a small physical aspect, but it's mostly a chemistry portion where anyone can kind of win.
1: Totally agree. That was my main takeaway that this is simple enough that I can get invested in it. It's not going to take 25 minutes. And if you lose, it's not you can say, oh, this was rigged or we could have done this. Like, it's just can you work with your partner? And
0: to be completely frank, my brain turned off when the rules were happening. Uh, So. Like I didn't know what the elimination was. Then it started, and I was like, "Oh, I understand this. I get this. Like this, I get, I get what they're doing." And that's what all elimination should be. You should be able to look at it and just be like, "All right, <laughs> that, that's an elimination." Uh, before they went in, Priscilla and Jeremiah were hyped. They were like dancing. They were they were prepping. You would think they've been partners all season.
1: No, I would love to see it. They just had a confidence that it was clear that Berna and Huey did not have.
0: Yeah, it just it was so funny because they you could see why they've lasted seven episodes without going into elimination because they are cool, confident and they're physically in great shape. They both look beautiful. I mean, they're both gorgeous human beings. God damn. Um Berna and Huey, on the other hand, they look like a mess because Huey always looks like a mess. Burna's crying like, oh, yeah, we've been in elimination before. They haven't. It's like you guys sound you guys sound lost. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And honestly, like being in elimination before it is not that much of an advantage because they're different every single elimination round. This isn't an older season where they like rotate through the different elimination rounds and they've seen this one before. They had two totally different things.
0: I, d- I do think when you've been in elimination before, it just changes a person because you you fight for your life and you, you know, how people react in that situation is different, especially if it's something highly endurance based. Uh yeah, I mean, they, they, they have wins on their shoulders. You know, they know what it's like. They know what it's like to fight. But when the elimination got started, <laughs> you couldn't tell who was, like, who had been in elimination because Jeremiah and Priscilla were calm, cool, and collected, and they were just going up the ladder seamlessly. They just, they talked it through with each other. They made sure to go together. Um, Berna and Huey, on the other hand, Berna was just trying to climb up as fast as she could. Um, not think like she was like, Oh, I'll carry Huey, not realizing that that's not the elimination itself. You guys need to work together and be in synchronization. Totally agree, Priscilla and Jeremiah. It
1: was so nice to see a pairing not yell at one another, just calmly, This is what we've got to do, let's do it. Berna, every man for her themselves in her book, which. As I watched this, I thought, dang, Berna could probably really excel on an individual season. But I hate to even say that about people on a paired season or a team season, because that just means they're not really that great of a player if they can't understand what the restrictions of the game are. And in this situation, she didn't.
0: Ninja Natalie, I mean, she came in first place of the female side of War of the Worlds 1, which is probably like one of the top three, top maybe one female cast all time in terms of strength. But then we saw her on More of the Worlds 2 where she everyone hated her. She's like, you're bringing down our team. It's like, <laughs> you got Zach splashing her in the water, people just being disgusted by the sight of her.
1: <laughs> Me too. Being a,
0: being a team player matters on the challenge. I mean, there are people who thrive as individuals and people who do well in pairs. And I mean, our girl Nani, she's great in a pair setting because she performs to the level of her partner. She compliments them in a good way. She doesn't have glaring weaknesses, but as an individual, those flaws bring her down.
1: So agree. And, and, you know, oftentimes in episodes, they try to edit it so it looks like it's close. This was one from, like you said, the very first like four or five seconds, I thought, oh, well, I know who wins this. It was a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, and it must be mentioned that to win this elimination, you have to cut the rope you're on with a little blade at the top of the pole. And it looked like the top of that pole was a bit difficult to balance on, and especially like move your hand. That part actually really terrified me because I'd be so afraid of accidentally slicing the side of my wrist open on that blade. I'm sure it wasn't that, you know, uh, sharp. And they probably had, I think they had gloves too, but I'd just be terrified. No, the
1: entire time I had that thought going through my head. And I also thought when one of the ropes breaks, are you not both going to just like fling towards one another towards the blade and off the pole? Because my assumption is if you fall, you have to climb back up and it would be even harder with one hand tied.
0: Yeah. I, I, I did think, uh, a little bit of me was like, why aren't they just like going on the, like the small part of the rope that's there and just trying to rip it with their, with their, their forearm strength. Um, but that could have led to them falling off disastrously. And we, we don't know what would have happened from there. Uh, no chance in this, especially because at the top of the poll, Huey had no footing because of his giant BBL. And MTV even threw up uh, the hashtag disaster. Uh, I I In my brain, I was like, oh, BB loser. That was like my brain going, you know, as the hashtag. <laughs>
1: It's so funny to me because whenever the cast was announced, I remember hating on Huey. I'm a hater at this point. You guys know this. Hating on Huey for his BBL. People are like, oh, come on. That's not a detriment. Like, it's just fat in his ass. It was a detriment. You know, climbing up that pole, A, took back strength. But if you can't even position your back to get up that pole because your enormous ass is in the way, it's a detriment. The BBL, like, get it lightboat out or something if you're gonna keep it, the challenge is not for you.
0: I mean, you ever play those carnival games where you have like the giant balloons on your butt and you gotta try and knock someone off i mean that that's that's Huey just competing in everyday life and that elimination
1: <laughs> except the balloons just never come off. they're just there,
0: yeah, just... so. Yeah, I mean Priscilla and Jeremiah they kill it. They they get the win. Um they come off the thing and they're hyped. They killed that elimination and I'm looking at both of them in a much better light than I did before. Um I, they're a good pair. Uh Berna and Huey. I don't know what to say. I mean, like I think Huey has like hit his expiration date because he feels less entertaining than he was a few weeks ago. Uh you see some of his posts on social media. You're definitely over Huey. With some of the words he has and just the way he behaves. And Berna, the way it was edited, I wish that we had seen more of a villainous Berna. Because this loss doesn't feel as satisfying as it should.
1: Yeah, and I think we've discussed this before. If you're going to play the villain role, you cannot backtrack from that. If you want to be this angry person who does not like Amber B. And is mad at Emmy and is mad at CT you can't be crying and asking for love and you are my sister and things like this. You have to be a straight up savage because you're on a reality TV show. You're going to be edited as a character and her character now is inconsistent. And that leads for fans to call you crazy.
0: I blame MTV as well. Cause I don't think they went all in on burners edit. I mean, they, Apparently her and Nelson were fighting a lot this season. CT didn't want her as a partner when she is obviously a physical beast herself. So there are issues there and MTV, I think, didn't want her to get too much hate because I think they like her in some ways. I think they want to bring her back. But MTV, sometimes you just need to go all in and give us that villain, man, because this could have been a really satisfying loss on the sides for Amber and Emmy and instead it's just lukewarm and underwhelming and people were like, oh, well, she lost with Huey and just it's a very mixed emotion type stuff it's a very c plus ending to like a very c plus episode as much as i dislike her i can acknowledge when someone's a good cast member
1: i would really like to see her on a future season specifically as i said an individual season because i feel like that's when she could definitely amp up that villain role
0: and people would just hate her because she just has that presence to her of like you know, other people are annoyed by her, and Amber even mentioned, like, you know, you kind of are snobby. She's a little bit of snobby nose, just like just the way she had, like, she exists. Uh, I did find it funny though when Berna gets eliminated, and Amber's like, "Ha ha, Berna! Like I'm, you know, I won our battle," and I'm like, "Dude, you needed Berna in this game because now you're at the bottom of the totem pole." <laughs> no,
1: literally, I would not be shocked to see Amber go in the next few weeks, just because she's rubbing everybody the wrong way, and. We'll talk about the pairings after this, but, like, she has an even greater chance actually pick the new pairs.
0: Yep. Yeah. And uh, Priscilla, after the elimination, she announces she's making a move, uh, and she steals Josh as a way to spite Ashley, and because Ashley is the one who said, like, you know, we'll be coming after you. And I thought Ashley was very unnecessarily angry in this moment, because even though, because... The fear. Ta- she's looking even more afraid by by reacting to Priscilla in such a way. And I gotta I gotta appreciate Priscilla for having the balls to make that move. I don't think she picked the right partner. I think she should have took Kyle instead of Josh because I think it'll be easier for people to put in Josh as a house vote and go with what Ashley said of like we'll target you. Whereas Kyle has more connections. Um, but it was a good move. I
1: thought so. I agree. I love Ashley. She messed up. Here's her bed, laying it. She totally could have played that off and be like, girl, you got me. Like, the playing field's even now. Like, that's a great move. And it would have minimized, you know, the anger she showed in in the deliberation. But, yeah, she just puts a bigger target on her back, and it's not a good look.
0: It's tough to see. And then uh, Jeremiah, he picks Tori because he's like, Tori's a good player. And she is. Uh, This means that Nelson gets Big T as a partner, and that just – that's a hilarious duo. Nelson didn't look happy, but I think he wasn't happy because the vet truce is over and because he just loves burn. Yeah,
1: Nelly T, Big T, all the T's. I think it'll be funny in the upcoming weeks, but I can't see them staying together for long.
0: No, I, I could see Big T going into an elimination soon as well, uh, especially if this format stays packed where – uh, she might get viewed as one of the weakest girls, and if someone is trying to get out a strong male player, they'll partner with them. And I, I, sorry, Big T fans, but that's a reality of the game. Um, people don't view her that highly right now. Um, Ed and Ashley are a pair now, and Ed is happy, and because he's just Ed, he's just living in his own world. Ashley gives him a hug because she's like, I can't deny how happy he is, but she's still mean mugging. She's angry. And for Ashley, I'm like, from a competitive standpoint, Ed is an upgrade over Josh. I, I would rather, I mean, I feel like Ed is someone who could actually win a final.
1: No, I, I totally agree. I watched one of Aunt, or Amanda's lives that she did with Michelle before their fallout and Ashley, and she said that the one person Ashley did not like the most in the house was Ed. So I'm interested to see if that was something that happened before they were partnered together and like there's just going to be residual damage, or if this is something that happens after they're partnered together. So I'm excited to see these two country bumpkins just do it together.
0: I like that Ed is a country guy, but he's from New Jersey, like born and like raised. Uh... <laughs> he's from
1: Chonk, whatever it's called. I'm not even going to butcher it, but he's from like a he's from a very like rural area of New Jersey. But still, like that's not the South.
0: Yeah, it's right. just yeah. Concha um, That's what it is. Concha I'm real proud of you for saying that. I'm real. Thank you. Thank that was real you. impressive. Uh, but yeah, now we're down. We're, we have no more rookie-rookie pairs. And it's really interesting to see who will get voted in next. And I think immediately your brain goes to uh, Priscilla and Josh because of the promise they made on last week. Um, there is also the idea that I think the vet-vet pairs are safe. So Kyle and, and Amanda, uh, Devin and Amber. Amber, I think she would get voted in most situations as a pair. Um, you know, I think I think Amber could get voted in as an individual, but she's not gonna go in for the house vote because people love Devin and Devin is controlling a lot of the politics. Uh Nelson and Big T are safe on the idea that they're a dual vet pair, but Big T is on the bottom of the vet totem pole. And from there it just gets interesting. I even
1: considered, you know, they might throw in Ashley and Ed. Hey, Ashley, you're a champ, two-time champ. You looked scared last week, and Ed because hey, You came in this game late and sure you've been into elimination, but you're an easy target. So, like you said, it's truly a toss-up. I have no clue.
0: I think Casey and Emmanuel are good because no they're a strong team. I think CT and Emmy are good because people are terrified of CT. Nani and Logan, people love them. Uh, in the trailer though, for next week, we see people getting mad at Corey, and Corey even throws out the idea of like, it's like, I don't care, throw me in and Corey is someone who's had an impeccable social game where he wouldn't have gone into elimination on either of the last two seasons. If they didn't have the red skull twist, Um, him and Bettina could go in, uh, which maybe we'll get to see if Bettina actually is a beast or not.
1: Yeah. And, and just from the previews, it seems like they are going to be targeting the champs, which it was so funny. They showed the pictures of CT and Ashley, but not Amber B. But as much as I love (laughs) Ashley, the mindset's, totally sound to say hey let's get these people out we, sh- we need new winners if you let ashley and ct get to the end together if they happen to ever get together like that's a dangerous combo and the way this game dwindles it could totally happen
0: who do you think is the weakest guy left in this game josh seems like the easy
1: answer um although this might not this might surprise you and totally correct me because i've not really paid that much attention but Logan hasn't done anything to really stand out to me. And maybe it's just because I think he's kind of an ass. But even Not so, yet. it's, it's got to be Josh.
0: Yeah. and Because I'm thinking to myself, like, if you're going to throw Ashley into elimination, you got to pair them with who you think the weakest guy is. And Josh has been good in the daily challenges this season. But in eliminations, we've seen him just crumble under pressure time and time again. So, goddamn. Watching watching Ashley have to deal with Josh elimination could be hilarious. Uh, On the male side, CT could get thrown into elimination with Big T. And I I mean, I don't know. They'll probably give him a puzzle if they did that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: probably. And even (laughs) Bettina, I hate to say it because they've been calling her a superstar or whatever they said all evening. But (laughs) she doesn't stand out to me.
0: No, I mean... I find her extremely likable, but she's just in the shadows. Um, Hopefully she shows us something and hopefully we get more next week because we didn't hate this episode, but we didn't
1: love it either. Yeah, I would agree. And I feel like with Priscilla making that big move, we're surely bound to get more drama next week. I mean, we saw it in in the preview, so I'm excited for that.
0: I, I do want to say that, like, before the season, I interviewed Tori Deal, and she said Priscilla makes a very controversial move in this game. And to me, it, this move wasn't controversial at all. It was a smart move. I'm like, this is what you call controversy? This is this is how lame you vets were playing the game? Like, no, you, she, just played the, she made the move someone should have made five weeks ago.
1: Yeah. We're getting a little lackluster and stale, so I'm
0: hoping we pick some stuff up. Agreed. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to subscribe to Caffeine Confessionals on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Twitter at Final Reckoning. Have a great day.